As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show we talk about what you think about but maybe afraid to voice. Do not worry. We talk about it all. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, UFC, politics, film, TV, you name it, we talk about it. But right now, this is going to be a very heavily based UFC show. There's so much going on. I've got my partner and my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ I know you're doing well. I know what you're going to say. Let me say it for you. We got the champ on. Well, I was actually going to say something different. The the minute you think you know something, you don't you don't know anything, (laughs) Buff. So I'm I got to keep you on your toes. But what I what I was going to say is I feel like it's deja vu all over again. We got the champ with us. We're getting ready to talk about a title fight. I swear he's sitting in the same spot he was uh, last time out and. That was a pretty good result. So I feel like I, th- I think we've become Stipe's pre-fight sort of tradition at this point. Let's do it. I love it. I'll take it. Right now, let me give you the big intro. We have the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, Stipe Miocic. I got to get a little bit out. I got to practice. Stipe, how are you? <laughs> good, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, it's always great to see you. I know Ryan's doing well. She and I were texting each other last night. Um, you're doing well. You've got, as always, every fight of yours is going to be the biggest fight of your life. <laughs> fight, an opponent you've faced off before. You've looked into the eyes of this tiger before, this lion before, and you're going to look at him again on Saturday night. Stipe, is your plan of action any different? Or are you going to go in and just be the Stipe that you are and react to Ngannou? Because I believe, and I would have to say, Francis has got to be training differently for a fight again with you. Oh, yeah, no question. He's definitely gotten better. He's been working at it. But, uh, yeah, listen, I'm going to do what I do. I'm the best coach in the world. We've been training for, you know, 10 weeks hard. 10 weeks, I've been training hard for 10 weeks. And, uh, listen, you know, I'm going to go out there and do what I do, you know? Hey, Stipe, is it harder to prepare for a rematch that you won the first meeting or uh, is it is it easier because you obviously know it worked? But like I, I feel like it, when a fighter had a, a, a result that didn't go their way in their first match, it's easier to focus on things that didn't work. But this this first fight that you had, you know, you were in control. So it, what do you take from that fight as far as like using it to prepare for this one? Oh, a lot of things, but I mean, listen, he's gotten better. I know that he's, he's a killer. He's strong. He hits hard. You know, he's evolving and, uh, you know, but so am I, you know, I'm getting older, but I'm still getting better. And uh, this man is a fight, dude. It doesn't matter if I fought him before or not. Every fight's different. You know, it is different, but you know, when you fought uh, Francis, you broke the record for UFC heavyweight um, title defenses, right? And since then, of course, you know, you've had uh, three wins from Daniel Cormier, if I'm correct in the, in the, uh, in the way this progresses. So with this coming in, you've gone against Daniel, you're going back against Francis. Um, when he hits you in that first fight, did you, is, how was his power? I'm, I mean, it's a heavyweight. It's gotta be strong. Well, yeah, you take so many punches with so many heavyweights. I want to hear it from you. 
How was it for you? Yeah, I mean, he had hired me. All heavyweights had hired me. Right? I think he's just the ones you see coming. You know, it's a lot easier to brace for impact, I guess you would say, if you see him coming. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he had hired me definitely. Um, you know, just gotta be careful. Don't, don't let him get me. You know, catch me on not looking or catch me on a spot right. You know, right across that jaw in the back of the jaw, or you know, it hurts the most. Yeah. When was the last time you were ever really rattled by an opponent where you had to reset yourself? Or has, <laughs> well, that, last, has that happened? Last, has that happened? Oh, yeah. I mean, the last DC fight, he caught me right behind the ear. We were kind of, he was kind of swinging reef widely and he just caught me. But I was, I was out. I, I wasn't out. I kind of just like, whoop. And I was like, okay, we're back to normal. I was fine. Yeah. It was kind of like, it was like knocked off my equilibrium. If that makes sense. You know, kind of like, you know, I got knocked off the tracks to get back on tracks real quick. You know, I just, just, just a quick little bump. Gotcha. Uh, are you someone, Steve, that feels comfortable in that chaos? Do you feel like when it, when it gets, you know, heavy and the fists start flying, does time slow down for you? Yeah, I don't know. I think if I get my hands up, yes. Right, sure. <laughs> That's a good answer, actually. Yeah, if I get my hands up, yes. Um, you know, my hands are down, no. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I feel comfortable. I mean, I think, uh, but I, I try not to get in those chaos, especially with someone like, you know, France who hits really hard. So I just got to just be smart and just, you know, be patient. So let's talk about hitting hard. You know, the, uh, thinking of past your guns for Saturday night, um, the fight coming out, as I know you'd love for it to come out, uh, defending again your title defense and proving yourself more so to be the go to the heavyweight division of the UFC as it's moving forward. The big talk is that John Jones is going to take over, uh, not take over, excuse me, but is going to take on the winner of this fight Saturday night. So I know you don't, I, I know you're thinking only to this fight. You don't want to think past that fight. But do you have an opinion, an immediate opinion about a light heavyweight as John Jones coming up to heavyweight, especially after we just witnessed the middleweight transition of Israel Adesanya to light heavyweight? Um, how do you feel about John coming up and how do you feel about the potential for facing who many people consider the greatest of all time in mixed martial arts? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down. For, you know, I, I think it's great. You know, I think he's going to do well. I mean, he's an amazing fighter and he's working on getting bigger and stronger. Um, but you know, like you said before, I'm not, I'm not worried about that right now. I'm worried about Francis, right. but yeah, you know, definitely, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, it's it's, it's awesome. You know, it brings new blood to the, to the division. Hopefully, it brings a lot more redbacks and greenbacks to your pocketbook. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, with your growing family, man, you got to bring in those college education money. There's no question. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Another big question, Steve, hey, being the heavyweight, you know, the big boys fighting in the octagon, you're going to fight in the smaller octagon on Saturday night. Advantage or disadvantage? Well, I think it don't matter who you are. I think if you make it an advantage for yourself, you can. I mean, I think it just, you know, how you use the cage. You know, I think, you know, I thought DC had an advantage with me. You know, I just used it against them and made it, you know, I made it work for me. So I think uh, if you make the cage work for yourself, you can make it, you know, an advantage for yourself. But if you don't, it's definitely disadvantage, wrestling or not. So when you say make the cage work for you, I mean, obviously you don't want to be backed up to the cage if you can avoid it. I would think being obviously being the ultimate wrestler you are, but the striker that you are too. center octagon. Do you concentrate on keeping it center octagon or do you like moving to the cage? Oh, no. I mean, I just want to just, just stay at harm's way mostly. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. I think, uh, you know, just, just being smart and just, you know, just knowing where my, where my positioning is and, you know, and just knowing I'm, I don't put myself in a bad position. I put my back against the cage and him comes swinging in and catching his bed and see. Right. Right, gotcha. And let's get on to uh, home life. How's <laughs> how's the babies? How's every? I don't know if I'd call them babies anymore. They grow so fast. Yeah, no, yeah. Mila, she's awesome. She she's awesome. She's uh she's a savage. She scares me. She uh she's she's an alpha. She's a leader already, which is 
awesome, which I want, but also terrifying because when I get older, she's probably through huge parts of the house when I'm not at home. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but then we got, you know, my wife's pregnant now. She has, where she's about four months with the baby boy. Hold on a second. I didn't know that. Dang. Yeah, so You're right, there. Buffer. They Look are growing. That. They are growing. Man, you need more title defenses, T Bay. Jeez. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's all the oh, stuff that I don't want. You know, I end up with a kid. <laughs> well, that just tells me in five months, give or take a few days, I've got another video to make for my friend. Please, I beg of you. That'd be awesome. Oh, you never have to beg me, T Bay. You just have to ask me. Okay. Thank and it's all there. Speaking of which, another little personal favor. Um, do you drink alcohol? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible to know. <laughs> Not now, but I mean, do you enjoy good bourbon? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know what? Uh, I don't mind bourbon. I'm, I'm getting used to it as I'm getting older. Well, you know, this is truly about you, Stipe. Puncher's chance. You <laughs> know, I, I made this with great fighters like you in mind and all about one chance. One punch can change your life. Uh, do me a favor. I'll text Ryan. Will you send me an address? I want to have a bottle sent to you so you can enjoy after your fight on Saturday night. I oh, love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, I'd love to send I, you. And send me, send me a video or a note if you like it. And if you don't like it, tell me the truth. Although there is a 90, 95% uh, taste rating. We got 95 out of 100 for the major testing board of all the liquors in, in America and, and the world. And um, if you don't like it, you'll be in a minority. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love figure, it. I figure, Bruce, you can just send it to City Hall because Stipe has got to be the mayor of Cleveland at this point. Uh, I mean, he's got to yeah. be running running the show over there. I, I, can, I can imagine. Stipe, you know, mask and all. I go out on a mask and it still blows me away that people yell, hey, Bruce. Right. I'm like, I got a mask on. OK. Yeah. Can you walk anywhere, anywhere in Ohio, much less your hometown? without being recognized, stopped, asked for autograph, picture. I love you, Stipe. You're the greatest, Stipe. Whatever you get. Yeah, I mean, even with the mask, I mean, I am like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, so it does, you know, you can't kind of miss me. And actually, my hair, too, I have the hair thing going. So, that, you know, even with the mask on, they can still recognize me. But then when I start talking, then they totally know it's me because um, I have an amazing voice and it's not gargly or, you know, gurgly or anything like that so uh, <laughs> but buffer's uh, no, but afraid yeah, stipe you're gonna steal his job i mean i'm not supposed to tell yeah, you that no, but he's yeah. been worried about you for years hey man <laughs> i'm like a, i'm like a gunfighter man there's five thousand guys out there waiting to face me down or shoot me in the back trust me i understand yeah. this, but we have to live it's just like stipe walking around everybody wants to take his head off and have the championship belt but that's a very choice few that even get that potential chance. That's for I, sure. I like the glasses, Stipe. You're like Clark Kent over there. You know, you take out, you put on the glasses. Like, I don't know who this guy is. He's probably an yeah. IT guy. No, he's the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. Actually, no, I, I, I got, what's that? I got a great costume for you. I want I, one of my favorite costumes. I've done it twice. Is where I wear a suit, and I have the shirt opened. I got the Clark Kent glasses on. You know, the hairdo done properly, and it's the Superman shirt underneath. You know, but it's yeah. open as if I'm getting ready to go like that. Yeah. Right. And one time I actually had an entire Superman outfit underneath the suit. Oh, and I, I was at a costume party and we paraded across the stage and I did a, I had them play the strip uh, song, you know, da, 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 da. And I did a full strip tease down to the Superman suit and I won first prize, $100 uh, at the bar for drinking money. My friends and I ate that up in three minutes. It was all good. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but this was $100 you got, so never had it before. (laughs) Yeah, well, you'd be a much better Superman than me, Stipe, for sure. (laughs) Stop that. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. I'm actually thinking of doing that next year, then, for uh, this year for doing Halloween. That'd be great. No, it'd be a, a great, great situation. Listen, you know, it's always an honor to have you on the show, Stipe. I know we got a 15 minutes. We're almost up here. I just want to tell you that you're one of my favorite people in the UFC. Uh, you're 
my friend. And I just think you, Ryan, your family, it's just, you're such a role model. And I talk about it all the time on this show. And that's, that's what I love about a fighter like you. It's not just what you do inside the octagon. It's how you handle yourself outside. And of course I bow to you every day, every time I see you for being a fireman, because you know how important that is to me with my history in Malibu and all that. And aside from all the good that you do for all the people. So you're just a dynamite guy, Stipe. <laughs> and I like having dynamite guys and girls on my show. And man, you're you're in the top echelon. There's no question. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You're awesome, dude. I love, I love, I love what you're about to. And I think, thank you for being my friend. And thank you for just being awesome. It's my pleasure. And listen, if you want to keep it live in the in the room when Ryan is uh, uh, delivering, I have it. Coming out now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw a buyer tonight when I see her. <laughs> oh, I can imagine the response on that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll text, I'll text Ryan for an address. I'll get you a bottle of punchers for you guys to celebrate when you get home. And um, again, always an honor and a privilege and a privilege and an honor to know you, my friend. You too, sir. Thank you guys. You guys have a great day, right? Thanks, Thank Steve. Too, have a good one. Bye. It's time. You asked for it and you got it at BruceBuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. All right. That was Stipe Miocic, the heavyweight champion. You know, this is a double championship show. A very, very undisputed show for It's Time Radio, because right now, let me bring on none other than the true champion of the UFC, the welterweight champion of the UFC, the undisputed champion of the UFC, Kamaru Usman. Kamaru, how are you? I am great. How are you, Bruce? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's so good to have you on the show, and I want to thank Ali. He's always so nice to me, your manager. Um probably the most successful manager happening out there right now with his crew, but he's got Kamaru Usman in his stable and man, are you performing? I got to give you all the credit of the world. I love the way you handle yourself, Kamaru. You're a classy man. And, uh, Thank you. and again, Thank you, just bro. like a very welcome, like we just had steep a on the show. So we have the class acts on the show and I'm so happy to continue with you right here. How's life after winning? How's life while winning? Life is good. Um, before I have to, I have to tell you this because my daughter is going to say something to me. It, it's something that my daughter, because so my 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 full name is Kamaruddin Usman, you know. But my mom, dad, everyone calls me Kamaru, Kamaru, Kamaru. And so my daughter, she watches. Of course, she watches all the fights now, and she made fun of me so bad the other day. She's like, "Daddy, why does?" Why does that uh, Bruce Buffer call you Cameroon? <laughs> and she does it. She did the whole spiel. And, and I haven't recorded. I think I posted it on Instagram one day. She just, for you coming home from school, she just continued to make fun of me. I was like, that's that's how they announce it. That's how he says it. So, you know, it's for a fact. So it, it, it sounds cool to everybody. And she just laughed at me continuously. She's like, Cameroon. And she kept making fun of me, and I was like, "Baby, I'm telling him that you made fun of me all day today with yes, it is." That's funny. Yeah, oh, that, my, that's adorable. Just make, just tell me one thing, Kamaru. Are you okay with the way I'm announcing your name? I yeah, I don't care. I I, I like it. Okay, 
I like it. I'll tell and you. I, I do, told her that. Daughter- yeah, I told her that. She goes, "No, Daddy, it's Kamaru." I'm like, "Yeah, but you know, you have to <laughs> announce it a certain way for the effects. It's a whole production, a show." And she's like, "Nope, I'm gonna call you Kamaru." And I'm like, "All right, baby. All right, that's fine." I love it. That, well, you that's know what? awesome. Next fight, I'm gonna put a. Li- it's awesome, but I'm gonna listen to your daughter. I'm gonna put a little <laughs> more emphasis on the ka and Kamaru. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll get it yeah. down. But little a little gift to your daughter. If she enjoys watching UFC when it's her birthday or anything special coming up, yes. um, you've got my number now because I just text you. Uh yeah. do me a favor, send me some kind of stats on her. Let me do a little video celebration for her birthday. Oh, uh, Bruce, and that I'll, would I'll be amazing. You, I will introduce your daughter like a champion. So when you're ready for that, you notify me and gratis, my friend. I would love you to give that to your daughter. Thank you. Thank you. And I don't I don't know if you understand the magnitude of how that ha- that is with the UFC. When you hear that, it's time that that's a staple that forever. Well, it's 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 I'm if I'm not like Michael Buffer for a long time, it was let's get ready to everyone knew it was boxing time. It was time to fight. But if you're watching UFC especially a, a mega event, a pay-per-view event, and you don't hear, it's time. It's, it's like something's missing. It's like, wait, did the show start yet? What, what's going on? What's going on here? And so um, I don't think you understand the magnitude of that. Everyone in the world knows that. Oh, he knows, Kamaru. That's why he gets the big bucks. He knows. <laughs> I know, but at the same time, as TJ can attest to, although I may, you know, walk with a swagger, but I'm very humble about the whole thing. And every night I walk out there, just like a Saturday night coming up, as I always say, I have to prove myself every time I walk in. That's my first show. Kamaru, that's my first oh, yeah. show. And I, I want to make sure that I, I please you, I please the powers that be, Dana, the fans especially, but above all the fighters I'm introducing, that I deserve this job and I can come back next week. And I've had that same attitude for 25 years and I will not change. That's oh, I know. I watch yeah, you. I, know, I watch you, know. you warm up ringside. I, I see you get after. <laughs> <laughs> that always, is one thing. That is one thing I miss, Bruce, about not going to the UFCs during this time is, is seeing your energy. Because obviously, we see it in the octagon. But man, the way you move on fight night, like I can't imagine the people around you aren't getting hyped up because you are the embodiment of that night's atmosphere. You you definitely have a swagger to you. Thank it's you so crazy. much. It's crazy. I, I, I've been when I go to events and I like pay-per-view events, big events, and I'm sitting front row. And I, it's, and there's been a couple of times, and I just look and I watch him getting ready to, because the fighters are walking in and he's getting, he's on the side, and I'm like, wait, what's he's pacing, he's shaking it out. It's like I'm like, oh, Bruce about to fight. He's ready, to, ready go. to go. Bruce ready to go. Bruce about to fight. <laughs> well, you know, I've stood. I stood toe to toe. I feel like I'm being interviewed. I, I, I stood toe to toe many, many times in my life, Kamaru. And um, my whole idea is before I walk out there to introduce you great warriors, to give you every ounce of everything I, I have, I want to prepare as if I'm going to go out there and throw down a little bit. I want to get that feeling so I feel what you're feeling so I can give you and enhance that moment, hopefully more than you're already enhanced while you're standing there. So, again, Thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Now let's get back to you. <laughs> this is your interview. <laughs> um, Kamru, you know, you're slowly but surely wiping out the welterweight division. 
I mean, it's like I'm trying to figure out. We all know who you can face next, but I mean, Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington, Tyron Woodley, Rafael dos Anjos, Demi Amaya. I mean, should I go on? It's just the pedigree of fighters you are taking out. And it's like you're definitely, you know, a target. Everybody wants that championship belt. You're wearing around your waist, around their waist. So how do you feel it's going to progress now? What is what is the next step? I mean, is it and pardon me if I'm not aware if it's been announced, but what what is your next fight or what do you want? What have they told you or can you reveal anything or is it mums the word until it's said? Well, April, April 24th, I'm going to be taking on Masvidal again. Um, I know that. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, yeah. I knew that part. Pardon me. Yeah. So that one, um, you know, that was just the fight that I didn't, I didn't feel like I put a, for myself, I didn't feel like I put a definitive exclamation on that fight. Um, and, and it sucks because I worked, uh, you know, in preparing for somebody and then he comes in last minute and I also had to agree to face him last minute. So that that opponent changed. And there was a lot of different situations and circumstances that took place in, in, in leading up to that fight. But I still went into the fight. And I, yes, of course, I got the win, but I, I wasn't completely satisfied with that. And so that that's why I decided to do that one over again. And then after him, it, it's really, you know, I have to just go back and, and, and reevaluate what's next because the way that I train for these fights, I give my all. I give everything. I make sure that I leave no stone unturned before I step in there. So I have to make sure there's something that's going to continue to motivate me in order for me to continue to go in there and and, and at least train for these the, the proper way. So, you know, I have to sit back with my team, with my manager, and, and we have to decide what what's next. I, I appreciate that attitude, Kamara, yeah, because when you. I think about the welterweight division, you know, I think the glamour division for a very long time was the 205 pound division in the UFC. But when you think about the champions that have held the belt that you have held, I mean, we're talking about Matt Hughes, who was was an all time great until he was you know, supplanted by George St. Pierre, who may be the greatest welterweight champion of all time. We've seen fantastic fights with Robbie Lawler. Uh, and now that you're, you know, leading that uh, division into the future, I like the idea of the champion going, you know what? I just didn't put a stamp on that win the way that I wanted to. Let's go run it back. And that's admirable because you could just go, look, Masvidal's dangerous. I beat him. I, I don't need to do anything. You've already done what you've needed to do. But to go back and go like, you know what? I, I want to make this right with myself. That says something about you as a champion and, and as a human being, to be honest. Yeah, it's one of those that uh, it, it, it I needed I needed to feel like, okay, that one's done. That one's behind me. You know, because like when I train for these, I, I kill myself in preparing for these fights. So when I step out there, I want to make sure that I feel that I feel I get that release from all the times and the hours that I've put in preparing for these fights. And, and in my last three fights, you know, I finished two of the three, three guys. And so I, I want to go out there and it should have been really, literally it should have been three of the last four. I should have finished three of the last four. But, you know, Tyron Willie was able to hang on there and, uh, and not get finished. And then, of course, I finished Covington and just finished uh, Gilbert Burns. And, and I, I really want to finish this guy. I, I, I think putting that stamp on it is going to make me feel a little more complete. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because I think because it went to a five-round decision. That's part of your motivation there. You don't want to see another five-round decision. You want to go after Jorge and, and do it the way you want to do it, less than five rounds. Yeah, of course I do. But, I mean, I don't necessarily – it's not that I, I didn't necessarily mind the five rounds because, you know, I'm built to go – 10 rounds, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind going to five, but oh, you're a cardio machine. Yeah. I, I want to make sure that 
either I, I stop you within those five or I just beat the shit out of you from start to finish to where you don't even want to think about that fight again. And, well, and- let's talk. Well, I was just going to say, Go you're ahead. kind of in a, a no-win situation as well, though, when someone like Masvidal steps in on short notice because anybody is going to be able to say, well, it wasn't the, the camp that Jorge needed. It wasn't the right circumstances. If they ran it back, it'd be different. So I, you're doing it. You're running it back. Let's run it back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, one thing that I I think is, is really uh, interesting about your last fight was your dynamic with Gilbert, you know, in the past. And I think we saw the emotions come out of Gilbert and yourself in that fight. Can you take us back to that night, Kamaru, and, and tell me what it was like fighting Gilbert? Because that was one of the more emotional championship bouts and uh, displays, I, I think, of emotion between two human beings that I can recall in the octagon in a while. Yeah, um, it, it's crazy because, um, you know, when we were coming up in the sport uh, and Gilbert moved and joined our team, it was I gravitated towards him because it was a, a guy that has a specialty. His specialty was uh, jujitsu, but he was an aggressive jujitsu uh, player, which which worked with me because I was a wrestler and I, right. I'm used to in control. So we just gravitated towards each other because I could teach him how to get guys down and he could teach me what to do once the guys are down and how to defend when guys are down there. And so we love training with each other because we shared a common goal, which was we wanted to both be champions. And, you know, through and throughout the years, of course, we, we both grew in our respective weight class. At that time, he was a lightweight and I was welterweight. And we're both we're going to be champions. So we trained and trained and trained. And then he got into my weight class. And then we just kind of we weren't training with each other as much anymore. And then it gradually we just kind of gradually, you know, went apart. And then when I switched teams, we didn't train together really for almost a year and a half. And then it was just the situation to have, you know, when I have something, we worked for these, you know, right. And, and be champion. And you want to be champion as well. But this was mine. I was the welterweight guy and you were the lightweight guy. And so then you came up to welterweight and said, you know what? No, I want what you have. You know, it just kind of, it, it hit me hard in my heart to where it was, it, it, it was almost betrayal in a sense, but it really wasn't because he's just chasing his dream. Right. But I had to put him in that space of this guy's trying to come and take everything that I've worked tirelessly for. And so I kept him in that space all the way through to the end of that fight, to the finish of that fight, all through the fight week, all through the training camp, I kept him in that space. And then right after the fight, as you can see, I'm walking around and I'm just let releasing all the tension and everything that I was holding on inside. And then I heard him, um, I think he was crying. I'm not sure. And then I heard it and it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, Oh, oh no, that's your friend. That's, that's a guy that you, right. you trained with. That's a guy that you, you know, you shared his vision. And I just, I was trying to fight back the tears because it, it hit me that hard. And, um, and yeah, it, it was, it was, I had to hold it back and cause I was going to ball like a baby in there, you know? Well, I got to tell you, in the 25 years that I've been announcing in the octagon, that was one of the more emotional after fight moments I've ever experienced. I shed tears and I, I couldn't help but water up. I'd never seen Gilbert so emotional. Very rarely have I seen a fighter that emotional after a fight. I could see the emotion in you. I knew your background, you know, with each other to a certain extent more so now. Um, I'm glad I got the announcement out because I would have, you would have heard it in my voice. 
It was very affecting that night. Very but that affecting. that's as real as it gets. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like we talk gets. about, you know, the, the violence involved in a fight and, you know, it, it's as raw as any sport can be. But when you get to the emotional things that, that come with a fight, I mean, I think that gets overlooked to a point that it's almost a disservice to, to fans that don't engross themselves in that because you're not just fighters. You're, you're human beings. You're, you're brothers on and off the mat. And you had to put that to the side and to see you guys kind of come together. It's just like, man, th this is a lot bigger than anybody thinks. Just breaking down fights, X's and O's. That's not what the sport is all about at times. It was a beautiful moment in sports. And, um, you know, when you think about Gilbert, the fact that he fought for the championship before against Habib and now he's fighting against Kamaru and Kamaru, when you fought for the championship, you won it. Gilbert, this is his second time out. He lost it. But I don't think that emotion was strictly from the loss. It was just a combination of everything that we're mentioning and you're mentioning right now. It's just, again, beautiful emotional moment. Uh, more to me showing me how beautiful and amazing our great sport and our great fighters such as you and Gilbert are in mixed martial arts. Uh, thank you for that moment. It was just, uh, you're bringing back the whole memory right now to me. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's, um, and, I, and, and I think a big part of it too is I understood what he was feeling. Well, not, not, not to the exact extent, but I understand what it is, to, how, how, how hard it is to work to get to where you challenge for a title. And how hard you have to work as a challenger to put yourself in, in, in a position to win that title. Because I do it every time. Every fight, I'm not thinking I need to go defend this. I'm thinking I'm the challenger and I need to come and win this title. And so knowing how hard I work each and every time in order to be able to achieve that, I knew how hard he worked. And for him to come up short and, and, and know that, you know, inside he came up short. His family was watching. His two boys were watching. You know, that that was one of the, the bigger things in that situation that made it so emotional because, I, you know, I was aware of whatever everything that it took in order for him to get to that position. Yeah. You know, one thing I'd like to sort of point people to is the the show. Uh, I think it's called UFC Chronicles, which is on Fight Pass and chronicles your story to becoming a champion and your father's incarceration. Uh, I've been around your brother, Muhammad, who, who's another first class uh, individual. I called some of his first uh, pro fights at, at Tachi Palace. And, you know, the, the Usmans have a, a very interesting family story. And, you know, honestly, on the outside looking in tomorrow, like I, I want to say thank you for allowing people to see that side of you, because yeah. it doesn't matter how good you are as a champion. There are amazingly skilled athletes, but if you don't lend yourself to letting people know who you are, to me, like, I don't know why we're watching fights. Then we, we need to know why you're fighting, not just because you're a great athlete, but what are you fighting for? Like your stories with your daughter, like th these are all things that lend you to be personalized to human beings. And, 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 you know, as fans, they say that fans like to live vicariously through people that are inside the octagon. And uh, you've been more than open about a lot of really personal and sensitive things. And uh, that's hard to do. It's hard to go out there and, and fight in front of people and, and lay your life on the line. But, you know, it's cool when we're able to know, you know, who you are. And like I said, what you're fighting for. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, for the longest, I was just, I'm here to compete. I'm here to compete. I'm here to compete. And, and I was having success in that, in that aspect. But then, you know, I got to the point where you get high enough and you realize people want to come on a journey with you. Mm -hmm. People want to be, even though they don't know you, they want to feel like they know you. They want to feel like, hey, I, this is why I watch this guy, because I connect to him. And, and, and once I got to that point, I realized, hey, you know, I'm not just here to compete. 
I'm also, I'm, I'm here for a greater purpose. I want to be able to inspire others. I want to be able to inspire someone completely on the other side of the world that sees my story and says, hey, I'm going through these similar situations. And if he can do it, maybe I can do it. And so I just decided, you know what, it, it's time to kind of start opening up a little bit because I'm, I'm like focused, straight arrow. I don't want the distraction. I don't want to tell anyone my problems. And, um, and I, I had a talk with my father about that. And, and, and he said, yeah, it's, it's okay to be okay and open about it. And it was something that we were dealing with for a long time. And, you know, and we, we let it out there and, and it's just, I'm working on it, you know, exposing my, my daughter to, cause obviously, you know, that's my daughter. That's my world. I don't want to really expose her to anybody who she right. doesn't know. But me having fun with her and letting people see that I, I am a father, you know, as well as being a fighter on the inside. So all of these things is, you know, getting to the position I'm in, I realized that, hey, it's time to open up and let people really in and, and see that side of you. That's you you achieving your dreams allows others to set their own dreams based on your accomplishments. And I think that's a wonderful thing. That's uh, just like what I say on every show is to be a role model to your sphere of influence. And your sphere of influence is very far reaching. Kamaru, I mean, the, your whole story, you know, born, born in Anchi, Nigeria, the, the uh, adventure that took you to the United States, I think you were eight years old when you got here, all the history with your dad opening up about that. But the other benefit of that, too, is that you're not holding it in. You're letting it out, which is good for you, too. At the same time, it's good for the people around you. It's good for you and it allows you to be a better person, as you're obviously showing. Again, I'm so happy with the show today because Stipe is one of my favorite role models in the sport and Kamaru is also. And the story that we're talking about shows why. And in this world in which we live with all the decaying society and morality and everything we live in and the divided United States and all the experience we're going to, it going through as a, as a country and a world right now, your story to me is motivating and positive. With, that, with even the negatives involved, it's positive. Send that message, Kamru. Don't stop sending that message. People need to hear it. That's just my opinion. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Have you been yeah, able, like, what, what are your roots uh, back to Nigeria, Kamar? Do you have family there? Do you ever go back? Or are, you, are you able to go back and, and sort of be an ambassador of, of mixed martial arts uh, in that part of the world? Yeah, all of my extended family's there. Wow. You know, my uncles, you know, grandma, everyone was there. And um, yes, yeah, so I've actually planned two trips but unfortunately, they, they were, I, I was going to go uh, last April. Boom. Everything right. just shut down, you know, and then I'm like, okay, we'll go in December. Boom. Fight comes up in February. And so now another fight came up. So we're, we're definitely planning something right after this fight. I need to go there. I just need to touch the soil. I need to touch my people and I need to let them know that I'm still connected to them, whether I'm on the other side of the world or not, I'm still connected to them. So yeah, we're working on that big time. My team and I are putting something in place. I think That's patriotism awesome. is somewhat lost on American fight fans, and the rest of the world seems to have it down much better than we do. And to look to people like yourself that, you know, haven't forgotten where they've they've come from and want to inspire those people. I, I I I that's the one criticism I have of American fight fans is we're just not patriots uh, patriots in the way that other uh, other fight fans seem to be. And I think it's cool that you you're, you're still you know uh, remaining close to home in your heart. Yeah, there's so much there's so much competition here. There's so much competition that it's it's kind of watered down in a sense to where we just expect everyone to do it. And don't get me wrong, like I still identify with being here. Like I, I sure. love America to the to the you know to the T. I, I I love it and and I appreciate everything. 
But, you know, I also don't forget where I come from and, and the circumstances that I was living in. Yeah. And if I'm able to work through those circumstances to get here and, and, and still uh, flourish, why can't I serve as motivation to those people as well that are still there in those circumstances? Uh, it it means a lot more than step- I, Oh, sorry, Bruce. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think I, it means I, a lot. Oh, internet's killing us today. I, I think it means a lot more than people realize when you carry that flag. And that's something that I wish people understood the gravity of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. And, and that's the thing too. And, and I see people say comments, certain things like, Oh, you American. Why are you representing Nigeria? Why are you, you know, putting this up or putting that up? You know, at the end of the day, I never said that I don't love America. I, I love America. I really, really do. I appreciate everything that I've learned and, and every knowledge that I've acquired and gained here, you know, but why can't I serve as a motivation, motivating factor for those that are living in the same circumstance yep. I came out of? Uh, on, on this show, Bruce, I think you've said that's almost Kamara's responsibility. It's people's responsibility to Absolutely. take the platform that they've been afforded and, and shine there. But but, you know, give back, you know, returns. Uh, as the saying goes, with greatness comes great responsibility. Yeah. And Comro is uh, handling that responsibility with flying colors. I think the moment you set foot in your native Nigeria, uh, that there'll be a huge amount of people, I hope, waiting for you. And I think it's just going to be a tremendous boost. One thing I want to make sure of, Comro, uh, am I saying Ochi correct when I announced you? Am I saying Ochi. the name of your city? Oh, no, Ochi. you're saying Ochi, Nigeria. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> want to make sure I'm I'm uh, not insulting anybody but yeah no everything you're talking about this this fulfills so much for me because again and I don't mean to keep talking about it but I do mean to keep talking about it this is very important to me your whole role model attitude uh, because again there's young people out there that are looking to us and without naming certain fighters and the way they handle themselves they're not being good role models to the young people watching you're being a role model right that is so important to me because we have an obligation and we have a responsibility and yeah. you're fulfilling it wonderfully, as well as being the true octagon warrior champion that you are. For that, again, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate that. And, and that's and that's that's something that I get flagged for sometimes. You know, uh, people kind of, uh, oh, you're not entertaining because you don't want to do this. You don't want to talk trash. You don't want to, you know, curse the other guy. You don't want to do all of this. And, uh, and I've taken some heat for it to where, you know, I have to be honest, at some point, I, I had to question myself, mm-hmm. you know, I had to question myself and think, well, why, you know, would, would I, if I started doing this, would, would that help? Would that make people like me even more? But then I got to this place where I'm like, you know what, I don't care. Because um, I do live by that phrase, right? Great power comes great responsibility. And, um, you know, I, I didn't choose to be here. You know, uh, I just felt like this is, is a, the plan that was mapped out for me. And and of course, I had a hand in, in making it come to fruition. But now that I'm in that position, I have to use it to get back. And and that's how I approach it each and every day. It's a double edged sword about the trash talking. Right. Because like people want you to do it when you don't do it. But then if you go ahead and do it, then they're going to say you're not authentic and you're not being real. And you're trying to <laughs> it's very difficult. But like that, that's one thing that I think is most important. Kamara is just be you, you know, just be yourself and, and, you know, make sure the world knows who you are. And I think that's, what's, what's most important. I think we've seen that uh, over your championship reign, we've gotten to know you a lot more as, as a champion than, you know, say the contender when you were coming up. 
And that that is that is the way it should be because Kamaru, if you do talk the trash talk or force yourself to talk the trash talk, it's going to come out. It's not going to be you. And I think it's going to be a little obvious that you're forcing it. Where similar to myself, if I ever get upset or I drop an f bomb, which is rare, I mean it. When I, I TJ will tell you, I've said it maybe ten times on the show in thirteen years. But when I say it, I mean it, and I make my point. And if you've got something to say, as I've seen you say and mean it, I know you're meaning it. It comes across. Just keep being you, Kamaru. Don't change who you are. It's working. Don't stop the wheel that's turning. Everybody has an opinion in this world. Trash talk, cursing, and acting without class is maybe the way to sell fights for some, and they sold, but it's not the way for you to sell a fight. You're going to sell a fight because you're going to get to the octagon, and it's like the saying goes, talk is cheap. See you on the field, superstar. Let's do this, period. Absolutely, absolutely. And I appreciate that, Bruce. Yeah. Very totally. Kamaru, we were going to keep you. We kept you a little longer than we should. Um, it's a real pleasure having you on the show. I can't wait to be uh, Jacksonville, Florida with you. You're going to have 15,000 fans roaring your name, going crazy. Is that going to be a big change for you? Are you looking forward to the fans coming back and for you to do your I'm best looking, to perform? I'm looking forward to it. I, I um I almost missed them, you know, with, no, I, not almost, I really missed them. Yeah. Of course. And, but uh, at the same time, uh, I, I knew what I had to do when I get in there without fans, you know, it's taking care of business as usual, but uh, it's going to be extra special when, you know, when the fans are there, Yeah. especially this, this one, my family gets to be there front and center. So uh, that's awesome. I, yeah. Oh, I'm going to look forward to meeting your whole family. I'm gonna, everybody's going to be there. Obviously oh, yeah. in Florida. <laughs> Yes, oh, yes. I will make it a point to introduce myself to your whole family when I see him sitting. I'd love to meet your family. No question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Hey, thank send, you. send my best to your brother, Mo. I, I really enjoyed getting uh, to know him when he was fighting at Tachi, and uh, he, he's, he's a very nice gentleman like yourself. Yeah. Hey, oh, there he is. There he, oh, yeah, there you go. Get a little haircut, huh? Yeah, getting exactly. the fade, getting the fade. I like, I like it. it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kamaru, yes, I know... I know Ali is not a drinker of spirits. Do you enjoy a fine spirit? Here and there. Here, here and, and there. there. I don't mind. Yes. Well, if you want, after the fight, not before, but if yes. you send me your address, I'll send you a bottle of my puncher's chance, which oh, is gosh. made with heart about what fighters are all about. And I'd oh, love God. to send you a bottle to enjoy. Will do, Bruce. Thank you so much. Shoot me a text with your address. It'll all be taken care of. Kamaru, I will see you in April. It's an honor to have you on the show and a pleasure to know you, my friend. Just keep it up. Don't stop anything. Just get better and better, better and better. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Wow, TJ, two champions in one day, two champions on one show. Real privilege, two classy champions, as I said multiple times on the show. Pleasure to know, to announce, and to watch these men fight. What can I tell you? Um, really not much to go over in the news today, uh, other than we know what's going on. I will tell you, though, I'm on this week on Mike Tyson's Hot Boxing Podcast. We uh, taped it last week. It's going to be released this week. It'll be uh, available for people to watch. Check it out. Had a fun time with Mike and uh, the other boxing champion, uh, Zab Judah. Always a kick to chat with Jab with Zab. Chat with Zab. Jab with Zab. How about that? Jab. Oh, I like Zab. that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Don't but, kick. You can't kick no, in boxing. No, no, no. Can't kick the boxer. Don't kick it. Pleasure to Jab with Zab. So with that note, we've got a big show coming up uh, Saturday. Obviously, Stipe Miocic. I'm sorry to see the Brian Ortega fight. Yeah, and, uh, Volkanovski was canceled. Really looking forward to that fight. Tyron Woodley and Vincent Luque step into the co-main event. Sean O'Malley, Thomas Almeida, 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 pardon me. Um, a good, good night of fights. 
Uh, but I would have loved to have seen that Ortega fight. So now he's got to wait for his next shot. Alex getting hit with the COVID. Hope Alex gets out of that 100% and comes back to defend his title against Brian very, very soon. TJ, anything to tell the uh, group? I know you've got a show next week, don't you? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a week from Friday, I think. It's uh, Icon Fighting Federation uh, in Los Mochi, Sinaloa, Mexico. It's been a lot of time uh, in yeah. Mexico, so I'm going back next week. But uh, uh, before then, Saturday night, immediately following uh, all of the action uh, of UFC 260, uh, join myself, Pearl Gonzalez, and Ray Longo for extra rounds. Uh, you can catch it live on the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page uh, or anytime on Fight Pass proper. Very, very cool. Very cool. I got to mention one story here. Uh, you know, we talk surfing and being in the water. We once talked about, is it safe to be in the water during a thunderstorm, right? Mm -hmm. Well, last week on Friday, a 22-year-old rising star in surfing was uh, training to compete at El Salvador uh, for the Olympics in Tokyo mm -hmm. at a spot called El Tunco. A lightning storm hit. She got hit by the lightning and got killed in the water. Oh, no. That, I mean, that's How horribly tragic. Yeah. Oh, God. Again, here I'm ending a, uh, the show on a tragic note, but it's just like, wow. That's like, I mean, that's got to be harder than getting stung by bees, you know, or killed I mean, by I, bees. I've been, I've been stung by bees before. I've never been struck by lightning. No, it's crazy, crazy. I don't know. I just had to mention the story because I know it came on. I'm like, God, I was blown away when I saw that being the, you know, the surfer at heart that I am. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, be careful when you're out there. You never know what's going to happen. No, you never know. I've been in thunderstorms and, you know, but we're just all really crazy as surfers. We have crazy mentalities when we get down to the. I'm the always afraid control. when I'm in the airplane going through the clouds that we're going to get struck by lightning. I try not to think about anything when I'm in an airplane except looking forward to landing. That's all I look for. I hear to. that. I hear yeah. that. Hey, listen, Canelo Alvarez, on a positive note, uh, I think it's the first time, maybe a boxer's done this before, but they're going to put his handprints and his footprints in cement at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood. Oh, wow. Good for him. Yeah. I don't think that's ever been done by a boxer. Um, you know, I could be wrong, of course, but I don't think it ever has. All right, everybody, I will see you Saturday night from the Octagon, UFC 260. Definitely a uh, pay-per-view to be watched. And um, then we'll be back next week with another show of It's Time Radio. Everybody have a great week. Please stay safe. Get your vaccine as soon as you can if you're eligible. I'm doing the same. And um, just stay well. Be happy. Have a great week. Set your goals. Write them down when you set on that path so you can be the best you can be because then you're winning. And that's what we're all about. And it's time radio. It's all about winning. Have a great week, everyone. See you from the Octagon Saturday, TJ, you too. Enjoy. My best to your family. Big cheers. No fears. And don't forget, keep sending those videos and those audio orders in to brucebuffer.com. You are keeping me busier than I've ever been busy. I'm loving every minute and a minute of it. And, of course, the cameos are going crazy. There's my pitch for the day. And, of course, have your puncher's chance Saturday night. Have a little sip before the fights. And feel what it's like to truly have a puncher's chance in life. There you go. Okay. I've sold enough today. Now I'm signing out. Buffer out. Bye-bye. <laughs> Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.